everybody that's come. And uh, we, we're, we're pioneering, we're still laying in, we're still confessing. And um, so uh, nothing's wasted. Even the songs tonight, they've, they've reached the heavens again. And uh, we're praying for God's kingdom to come uh, in Nottingham as it is in heaven. And uh, one of the prayer themes of uh, the churches together in Nottingham, uh, even in recent times, is that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Even uh, Tim giving out the announcements tonight regarding students. We have students here, of course, but it also it's a faith confession to students um, that are going to come. And so uh, don't be going back to Joshua 1 discouraged keep pressing through, keep uh, being part of the pioneering journey and let's keep uh, believing that God will do uh, some amazing things. Um, in our series here, uh, we're doing Arena Behaviours and um, it's a foundational series right across the life of Arena Church and so it became apparent um, that um, uh, the way the week was going, um, that uh, I... I uh, take Christian's role tonight I spent a little bit of time yesterday uh, just preparing again but the reality is we've been we've been sewing in over a period of time right across the campuses and I love to say to the guys at the hub on a Monday morning uh, guys this is this is the ministry we, we're doing in the other campuses and um, you know that sometimes they come they they feel that um, people have treated them differently in the past um, but we don't patronise, we don't talk down, we draw them in. And in Nottingham tonight, we declare again uh, into the congregation, but into the heavenlies, what God wishes to do in the building of this house in this part of the city. So I'm going to talk about a couple of things tonight in terms of our arena behaviours. And uh, I was just reading uh, this week uh, a little message uh, on social media from Mal Fletcher. Mal is a, a futurist. Uh, he's an Australian that lives in uh, the UK and uh, has a great um, prophetic insight uh, um, and uh, observational insight into what God is doing in modern culture. And he was talking about vision, he was talking about foundation, he was talking about the, the, the culture of a church and he says that we have to keep laying these things in. And so I say to people tonight uh, across the room that um, you may have heard um, these things before you may have sat at tables and talked about it even with teams but it may be just a phrase a sentence that comes to you fresh tonight and uh, lays in and we speak it in faith into the pioneering context which is arena nottingham and we continue to believe that god will build the house that uh, brings glory to him and praise to his name so arena behaviors we've been looking over the last uh, few weeks as we've journeyed into this new year uh, the culture of the church, uh, the fact that we want great worship, and thank you, Nathan and the team tonight for uh, for leading us so well. We're blessed uh, this morning across both campuses. Uh, great worship, and uh, that's a brilliant new song, um, Waymaker, and uh, that's going to bless us in the coming weeks. We talked about the fact that we want a great welcome. You might think, well, every church wants to give people a great welcome. Ah. Uh -uh. Um, because some churches don't want new people to come so they're certainly not bothered about welcome I know you find that hard to believe but believe me I've been to some of them um, and they've not made me welcome I've been the preacher and uh, so um, we want a great word we want to continue because as I say something is declared tonight faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God 
the enemy's not happy tonight. The word is being declared again in this place. Uh, we want a great witness. And of course, we want people to know God, to find freedom, uh, to discover their purpose, and then to make a difference with great willingness. And uh, I was just thrilled this morning to see uh, one of our ladies that's uh, uh, moved to the area about six, seven months ago, Christine and David. Uh, they were uh, believers seeking a, a, a church to be part of. Uh, they came to Arena, and this morning Christine's on the welcome team. Uh, this Christine's always on the welcome team. I'm talking about another. And, uh, and it was just great. I thought, you know, that's another little uh, win for the life of the church where um, Christine is in a willing spirit serving the body of Christ and around this room tonight I can't think of anybody that doesn't serve the body of Christ in arena with great excellence and again we thank you and we bless you and we honour you in the name of Jesus we talked a little bit about the thieves that seek to rob the house and uh, we felt that God gave us some revelation on this some time ago because these four things forever came against the life of Jesus and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me once, if they come against the life of Jesus, don't be surprised if they come against the life of the church. And so religion, we're not a religious church, we're a relational church. Rejection, uh, control and offence. We don't want any of those things stealing from the church. And we spoke into that. And then we've been working through some of the furnishings of the church. It may be that um, uh, when you moved house, uh, you left all your old furniture or maybe sold it. It may be that you are renting a property and it was renting the property and that's all you got, no furnishings. So as you move into that sort of situation, you need furnishings in the house, something to sleep on, uh, something to sit on, maybe something to watch. That seems to be a big priority for people. Something where you can cook, something where you can put food, etc. The furnishings of the house and it's the same with the house that God is building. He wants it to be furnished with things that bring glory to him. And so we've talked about the journey of discipleship, being devoted followers of Jesus Christ. We've talked about the furnishing of faith. We've talked about last week, uh, Jonathan and Annie, uh, in interview with Helen and Tim, talked about the furnishings of unity and excellence and it was a great night in a slightly different format that we do every month. And tonight, I just want to very briefly touch on just a couple of other furnishings of the house. And I'll come to those in a moment. But before we do that, if we could just pull up that Ephesians 2 verse, uh, Morgan, please. And so there in Ephesians 2 verse 22, it says, In him, in Jesus, you two are being built up together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, I'd like just to read that again, but I'd like to read from verse 19. And he says, Consequently, we are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises up to become a holy temple in the Lord. And then we come to verse 22, and I'll read it again. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, in Ephesians chapter 2, God is speaking in the context of no longer a dividing wall. 
but the gospel was reaching out to Jew and Gentile alike. And of course, um, even in the early church, certainly in the initial spurt growth of the church, it was predominantly Jewish people converting to Christian faith. And then by the time we get to Acts chapter 10, God uses a, a wonderful situation of Cornelius, who was a Gentile, a non-Jew, who was seeking after God. And he used Peter to go and visit him. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. They prophesied, they were baptized. And it was a sign that this gospel was reaching out to all people. The enemy loves to raise up dividing walls. And sometimes he's literally tried to do it in history. Sometimes it's been over a philosophical viewpoint. Sometimes it's been over politics. Sometimes it's been literally over geography. So Sharon and me, two or three years ago, were with some friends and colleagues in Berlin for a few days. And we visited the remnants of the Berlin Wall in 1961, almost overnight, as there was an ideological battle between the free world and the communist world, this wall appeared, splitting the great capital city of Berlin down the middle. And literally overnight, families were separated. People that had been to see somebody couldn't get back. And people that had gone to the east couldn't get back to their home in the west. It was a terrible division that lasted for um, uh, well over 20 years until one day I woke up one morning in 1989 and I turned the news on and there was a guy on top of the wall smashing it down overnight. Things, but people have been praying. People have been praying. I wrote a piece in Weekly News recently about Pastor Christian Führer who was leading a church in Leipzig and a prayer community built and built and built so that just prior to the war falling, there were 80,000 people that met for a prayer meeting believing for God to bring change. But the enemy loves a wall. There was a wall in South Africa for years. It was called apartheid. And the word apartheid is an African's word. And it literally means a partners. And there was an apartness in the nation based on the colour of your skin. And, um, and uh, some of that seemed to even be fueled by people saying that this is what God wanted. But then God raised up a man uh, called Nelson Mandela who spent over 25 years of his life in prison simply for the cause and you know the story he emerged to become president the Rainbow Nation found a new day There's certainly still many problems in that nation but no longer is it defined by apartheid separation and here's what Ephesians 2 saying there isn't any separation there isn't any divide whether it be by race colour of skin background ethnicity uh, male or female we're all one in him and as we come together God is building a house in which he dwells by his spirit forgive me for repeating myself but this morning I mentioned that the most important fabric that God is interested in in terms of building a house is people we thank God for this building I'm looking at Richard now and uh, his amazing um, lead that he gave to us last summer when this place was a complete mess. In fact, I, I, there was times I used to come down on a Monday night thinking, we're never going to get it ready in time, Richard. It's never going to look neat. But there were people that were skilled that saw something that moved it around. 
And you know the story, God has created a great boat for us to fish from in Nottingham. And I'm looking all across the room at people that laboured in that. And again, thank you. But as, as glad as we are to have this building, and as glad as we are in the miraculous journey of John Duffield and the charity that is passionate about keeping buildings open for gospel witness and that we were able to pick up the baton from Clumber Hall after their 109 year journey of gospel witness here. This is not most important. What is most important is people and God filling this place with his spirit. And really that's the journey we're on at the moment. And we're seeking to fill it with a spirit of discipleship, with faith, with unity and excellence. And briefly tonight, two other things. We're seeking to furnish the house with passion. If those verses could go there, thank you, Morgan. So Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal or passion. Keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. And in John chapter 2 and verse 17, these are the words of Jesus. For the zeal of your house consumes me. Never be lacking in zeal. Now that word uh, passion um, defines as a powerful, compelling emotion. And it's interesting that people don't have a problem with people getting passionate about all sorts of things, but they seem to have a problem with people getting passionate about God. For instance, people get passionate about sports. Where's Ben? He looked crestfallen yesterday because with a bit of a whimper, his favourite team lost for about the first time in a million years, you know. And, um, and it's all right, Ben, they're still going to win the premiership, you know. And, uh, but um, people get passionate about, about sport and uh, people get passionate about music. And we've, all, we've got an eclectic taste of music across the room tonight, if we could explore that. You'd be amazed at what people like and what they don't like, passionate about it. People are passionate about fashion and business and politics. People are passionate at the moment about climate change. And uh, I don't know how they got away with it, but loads of kids bunked off school on Friday to go and listen to Greta Thunberg in Bristol uh, because they're passionate about climate change. And so it goes on. We don't have any problem, but passionate about God, passionate about Jesus, so often over the years, people say, ooh, cool it down a bit, calm down. But the reality is God says, never be lacking in zeal, keeping your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Now, expressing passion is done in various ways. We have all sorts of temperament in Arena Church. We have people that are very extrovert and exuberant. We have people that are very quiet and reserved. And we have people in the middle of all of that. There really isn't a problem. We're not trying to... Kim and went through a phase in church a few years ago. It says, right, come on then, everybody dance. You know, and you can feel folks cringing, you know, because for some folks, that's what they wanted to do. But for other people, it wasn't. Can anybody remember that Sunday night at Mansfield with John Partington? And he said, he said, I wish you'd have been with me last week. I was in Tottenham in North London. They really know how to worship. They, of course, it was a predominantly African church. They're full, I wish you'd have been. And then he, he went, you. And he pointed to A.D. Azuman. 
And some of you may not know AD, but he had, he had that many letters after his name, he couldn't get them all on his business card. And he was the head of pathology for many years at King's Mill, now gone to live in Gordon. But one of the most conservative, quiet people you would ever meet. You, come and help me. Typical John. And uh, AD always turned up at church booted and suited. He was so dapper, suit and everything. So John says, come on then. And Aidy's just stood there. It wasn't working because he wasn't wired like that, you know. So we get that. But the reality is that God wants a zeal to burn in every one of our hearts that we might be passionate for him. And I encourage you tonight not to allow the enemy to diffuse it, to douse it, or to discourage it. You be passionate in your pursuit after God. Two things to be passionate about. Number one, to be passionate about the world. To be passionate about the world. God's soul of the world that he gave his only son. There's around about 7.4 billion people living in the earth today. Around about 200 nations recognised by the United Nations. Multiple languages and dialects. Many people still not got the Bible in their particular language and in numbers of nations of the earth, um, opposition simply for believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, in my rhythms of prayer, Wednesday tends to my, be my day in my devotionals when I tend to pray for the world. And I've got, a little, I've got two globes in the office, a bigger globe and a little one. And uh, when I'm praying, I, I sit with this little globe in my hand and in one sense, it's so vast, the earth. But you know, compared with God, it, it is so small as well. And uh, that old song, he really has got the whole world in his hands. And God wants to do something amazing in the earth today, in these incredibly fast changing times where culture is moving at a rapid pace and often wants to define us as Christians. And we have to be careful that we don't let culture define us. We have to keep letting Jesus and his word define us. But also we want to be aware of what's taking place. We want to be prophetic. We want to be perceptive. We want to be uh, in with what God is doing. Christian and me often pray, God, whatever you're doing next, don't do it without us. And uh, that's where we want to be in arena. Whatever you're doing next, God, don't do it without us. So our passion for the world and then your world, the people that you meet this week that I don't meet, the people that you're pals with that I'm not, the people that ask you questions that don't know me to ask questions. And so it goes on. And God wants us to love his world and then also to be passionate about his church. In Ephesians 5.25, it says Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. In other words, there's a romance about the church in the sense that God loves us. Uh, the Song of Solomon, don't worry, we're not going to be going there tonight, but the Song of Solomon has been defined as a, a passionate love story between the bride and the groom, between Jesus and his church. And so never lose zeal for this world in which God wants you to make a difference and never lose zeal for the church of Jesus Christ. Someone says, uh, catch the fire. When you catch on fire, people will come and watch you burn. So enthusiasm, engagement with all that God is doing. 
And then secondly tonight, not only passion, but a word that I think really came from the heart of Christians some time ago, but it's become very embedded in the furnishings of Arena Church, and it's the thought of aspiration. And I'd encourage you to read 2 Corinthians 6, 11 to 13, particularly in the message version. But there in verse 13, it says, open up your lives, live openly and expansively. Aspiration means a hope and an ambition of achieving something. And I think one of the passions of Arena Church is so often we come again across people that have been diminished. They've been diminished by what people have said about them. They've been diminished by their background, by a, a poor experience. And I think one of the things that we love is to see people come into a growing relationship with Jesus and grow into all that he has called them to be. We can come to a place sometimes where when we think of the enemy seeking to steal and to kill and to destroy, we, we can go to places on that, but sometimes it's literally by containing us and confining us that he robs from our lives. I've had to work this through because I'm a Nottingham lad and I was born in one of the sprawling council estates uh, across in, uh, in uh, Strelly and Aspley, or should I say Aspley, and, uh, and uh, right across there, NG85NE, 299 Broxley Lane. Um, don't all go and gather there or anything, but, but that's, where I, that's where I predominantly grew up. And uh, you see, even people try to define me at 11 because at that time in the educational system, we had the 11 plus. And uh, if you were really, really clever, you went to Bilbra Grammar. And uh, I was a bit in between because they didn't send me to William Crane or John Player, but I was sent to William Sharp, which is on Bilbra Road, which was then a bilateral school. So... And I was in the grammar stream of the bilateral school, but I didn't quite make Bilbra Grammar. I'm pleased about that because they play rugby and not football, and that would have really wrecked me. But, but, um, but the thing was, there was even a defining then. And the enemy sometimes has washed over my life when God has got a hold of me. And I said to God, God, I'll give you all of my life. I think you can make a better job of it than I can. And sometimes I've had to press through this. One of the first meetings we ever had when we were in ministry was with the Reverend Ernest Adley and his wife in, um, in Skegness. He was the rector of Skegness. Oh, Philip, come on in. Well, oh, hallelujah. You know, and I was so nervous, I spilt coffee all over my trousers, you know. And, um, oh, hallelujah, you know. And I'm thinking, what am I doing here? And honestly, I've been in situation, I mean, Michael, Michael Green recently passed away, the great Michael Green, the rector of St. Alex. Philip, what do you think of the signs of prophecy in the New Testament today? This is what you saw, you know, and I'm pinching myself, saying, I don't know what I'm doing with these people. I'm a lad from the council estate. And God says, just keep going. Just keep being you. Just keep pressing through and keep, not allowing your life to be contained, but live openly and expansively. I'd love to tell you at times I've not second-guessed it. I'd love to tell you at times I've not had pangs of doubt, but I've learned to keep pressing through. And God wants to do something amazing in all of our lives. And so how do we do that? Well, forget the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it you may say Phil I failed I've messed up I've not been what God wanted me to be he's always given us an opportunity to move on 
Realise that when you put that hand up, I said to Sharon, you never know where it's going to go with the redemptive call of God over your life. My son-in-law, Ryan, he came from a pretty challenging background, another council state across in Nottingham. Pretty tough background. But one day he put his hand up to receive Jesus. And God's just taken hold of him and taken hold of him and taken hold of him and used him openly and expansively. And so I encourage you tonight for the bigger things that you see over your lives that God wants to do an amazing, an amazing thing. He's able to do immeasurably more than you could ask or think. As I'm worshipping tonight, I'm going to close off in a minute. You're going to forgive me, I'm just going to do something slightly different, but I've just got one or two prophetic words for people. And, um, and I really want to encourage, what a great group of young people we've got in uh, the congregation tonight. And I really just want to encourage you to become everything that God has intended you to be. There's nobody more ordinary than me, nobody more ordinary than my background. My dad never had a car, he never had a passport, he never went anywhere, you know. But the reality is when you give everything to God, he can do something amazing. He can break the lids off. He can place you in places that you never thought possible. He can give you an influence way beyond what is natural because it's supernatural. And so tonight, may we allow passion and aspiration to be the furnishings of Arena Church Nottingham. People coming in that are broken, that are down on themselves, that feel they've failed, and they walk into a spirit of people that passionately love the world and the church and are passionately believing that as folks respond to him, they can find a journey that makes them whole, as we've been singing tonight. Elliot, I just, uh, encourage, just encourage you to... Um, uh, in this season of your life just absorb all that God wants to do in you uh, and so just to uh, enjoy his presence and take hold of his word and all I saw tonight was that as you absorb all that God wants to do God in, in, in a future day is going to squeeze you out and all that you've taken on all that you've absorbed into your heart is going to squeeze you out and that squeezing out is going to bless many, many, many people. Uh, there's going to be drops of your life that are going to touch all sorts of people. So just keep absorbing, absorbing, absorbing. Keep taking it on. Keep receiving all that God's doing. Keep letting his presence touch you. Keep letting his words shape you. And uh, God will do something amazing in your life. Olivia, I just said to, uh, sense tonight that God is giving you a Deborah spirit. And if you read Judges 4 and 5, you'll realise that in a time when uh, the people of God had uh, failed, um, God raised up a woman. Uh, and not only a woman, but a prophet uh, to speak the word of the Lord. And she sent, um, she sent a man into battle and then there's Deborah's song. And I encourage you to read it sometime. And I, I break any containment of this lovely, quiet, young lady of God and I continually release you Olivia into all that God has got for your life that is far more than you can ever expect or think and I release a prophetic spirit over you tonight uh, I believe that God wants you to be a mouthpiece for him and God will help you and God will cause you to be an encouragement to others uh, in Jesus Jesus name Amen the other Elliot's Stockdale, I, I just sense tonight that, um, that as, you, um, as you stay close to God, Elliot, um, you, we know this guy's on a journey of sports journalism 
And uh, when he's on Five Live and taking the place of Ian Dennis, I've told him to get me tickets for the game, you know. Um, but seriously, Elliot, um, all I sense that God was saying tonight is you, you live with a, 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 that aspiration. And in the sense of the football speak tonight, don't force it. God will position you. God will place you in the right position at the right time, in the right place, for the right purpose. All you've got to do is just keep your heart close to him. Keep trusting him. Keep having a zeal for him. And God will position you in Jesus' name. This young lady's got a mighty mantle on hand, a, 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 a life for education. And Beth, when I've told you at times, I know you've not believed me, but I'm going to confess it over you again tonight. There is a mighty mantle over you to be amazing. And all that you aspire to be, not only to be a great teacher, but to give hope and blessing to kids. We confess it over you. You're right in what God wants you to do. Just keep walking in it. In Jesus' name. And Andy Flynn, uh, I just sense that God's saying tonight, Andy, that he is interested in every detail of your life. And when I mean every detail, he means every detail of your life. And if you would just keep committing every detail of your life from the intimacy of your journey with him, I, 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 I sense God saying tonight, Andy, you can say what you like to me in prayer. You can say what you like to God. You can share the very innermost confessions, desires, aspirations of your heart. God is interested in every detail and he will work it through for his praise and for his glory. Thank you.